give it a give it a whirl. Give give us some chatter. That's just that's just I'm air. Thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking what to say. Uh I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pelasic. Every week we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Hello. Hi. It's DVD Deathmatch. Here we are. It's us. We're back. We're back. We took a week off. We did. Well, at least we caught up in that time. We just like... (laughs) Definitely didn't leave it to the last fucking second. Banked a ton of episodes... Uh, no, we didn't do that's that either. Not, that's not what happened. We just took the week off, man, uh, for no other reason than uh, I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> I think last week we were both very tired all the time. Tired was, all the time. I think we also, we'll get into it, I think we also chose some movies that felt Oof. like a bit of a chore. A bit of a chore. A little bit. Um. Anyway, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I, uh, as we said... Haven't been sleeping, man. Um, and but this morning, uh-huh. this morning I woke up at the you know when my alarm went off at like seven, mm-hmm. and my head said no, ma'am, no, no ma'am. ma'am, and I went back to sleep, and I slept until like nine or nine thirty, which was incredible. So thank you, That's dear great. husband, for not doing that and for getting up and. Taking care of our children and getting them off to school. Sure. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you for all you do. <laughs> what a... It's a passionate love affair <laughs> that we have. Um, no, I, you know, thank you. No problem. And, and thank you for uh, you, making dinner while I was on a Zoom, on a work Zoom and all that. So Yeah, yeah. Hey, marriage. It's a give. It's also a take. Give and a take, baby. <laughs> God. This sucks. <laughs> what, the marriage or the... Uh, um, anyway, do you have any topics at the top? Oh, God. You know what? I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything I've been watching recently. We've been watching Mayor. We've been watching Mayor. Mayor of Easttown. Mayor of Easttown. you got to check it out. <laughs> I mean, this show, it's on HBO. It's on Stop. HBO. <laughs> and it's... um. It's really good, like, just really good, like, basic murder mystery kind yeah. of stuff, but, like, you've seen it before. You've, if you've seen True Detective or The Killing or any of these shows, like, you yeah. know what you're looking at. But it takes place in the greater Philadelphia area, the tri-state area. Yeah. Delco. Delco. And so, as to, you know, uh, people from outside Philadelphia, mm-hmm. we've been so distracted by the accents, and Kate Winslet is doing the Philadelphia accent. Yeah. And she's trying her hardest. She's doing such a good job. It's such a terrible accent, you guys. Um, I love it. I know you do. You really do. But um, she's she she gave an interview, Kate Winslet, where she said, "This is the hardest accent I've ever had to do." Right, Kate Winslet. Yeah, who's done everything. Yeah, um, and she's doing pretty well. There are a couple of words where it's like, "Oh yeah, you you tried too hard with that one." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, everyone else on the show is doing an accent as well. Including uh, Evan Peterson. Evan Peterson. Who, like, somehow is hotter struggling through this Philadelphia <laughs> accent. I don't know what it is. I mean, Ooh. these are the boys you grew up with. Philadelphia boys. So. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But anyway, that's what we've been watching. We've been watching Mare. We had to like kind of like stop ourselves because watching the pilot, it was like, oh, I'm not picking up on any of this because I'm no just idea watching for the on. accent. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Philadelphia accent's a real like. It's a real mare. Yeah. Did you like that? <laughs> it took me a second. Um, I did watch a video of us video? recently. A video of us recently from, I'm going to say, mid-college or something like that. So Maybe like, just out of college. So like 2017? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Like 2003. Yeah, we'll say that. So we're in the back of a car, we're very drunk, and we are singing along to Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, and it's a very dumb video. And I have completely lost my voice. Like, I sound horrible. It's insane. But our accents are so thick. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. Because obviously I know that that it's not gone. Right. Every now and then I'll say something and, and people will be like, what did you just say? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is much better than it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up with it in my family. Yeah. That accent, which I, I was going to say yours is like you're you grew up with it more than I did because my mom was like a Navy brat and my dad grew up in New England. Yeah. My so, mom was like firmly Northeast Philadelphia and all the all the aunts and uncles and and all that stuff. And then also our best friends in high school and college like have, right. have that accent. Yeah. Fully and. And, uh, so, and we had it. I'm not saying, like, we yeah. were influenced. I'm saying, like, we were, that was the milieu. Yes. Uh, milieu. <laughs> milieu. Um, anyway, is this interesting? Who I can don't say? know. What did we do this week? Y'all, we watched two movies. Whoa. Whoa. We did it. To quote Keanu, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> uh. <laughs> this week we watched Corridors of Blood from 1958 and Pineapple Express from 2008. Wow. Yeah. Um, great. We sure did. Should we dive in? Let's dive in. We'll start with Corridors of Blood, shall we? Corridors of Blood from 1958, directed by Robert Day. IMDb summary, Dr. Thomas Bolton fights for the use of anesthetic in surgery and uses himself as a guinea pig, but soon finds himself addicted. Mm-hmm. 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 This is not a well-known movie. I think it's... I think it was released and kind of marketed as a horror movie. That's one of my notes, is that I don't know what this is. I don't know right. what genre this is. So let's... So... Disc is a Criterion disc. Yes, yeah, so it's from looks a box. Beautiful. It's from a box set called Monsters and Mad Men, which was like a box set of B movies that Criterion put out mm. in the mid two thousands. Okay, that we got as a gift. Oh, I believe at our wedding because we got like DVDs at our wedding because it was oh, like we did because we put DVDs on our on our wedding registry. My mom was very upset about it. Well, it was very stupid. Your mom was correct. <laughs> no, no, no. She was not correct. Because for us, it made sense. We didn't need things. We didn't need, we don't need silverware. Right, we were kids. <laughs> yeah. We were not moving into a house. Right. We were, we were. Times they had a change. Right, and we wanted. We didn't need the finest china. Right. I don't know that this was on our wedding registry, though. I think we um, put in, we put some, like funny stuff that we wanted to like have in a collection on our wedding registry yeah for and i think we put that on there because it was funny but also because we knew we didn't like i don't want to make my friends buy me like a 
$200 blender. Right. We you know were I mean? 24. Right. We exactly. It was like, let's, let's put some very cheap, fun stuff on here. Yeah. So anyway, um, and we, you know, but it was, this was a gift, I think this box set mm-hmm. and it is a weird box set and it's got these two Robert Day movies, Corridors of Blood and The Haunted Strangler, both starring Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. And this is a weird one. Like it's, it's. I think it was released as kind of a horror movie, but it's not. It's really. not. There was I, another note I have is: Are you are you going to have blood in your in your blood movie? Well, you're, yeah, you're not really. <laughs> there's you're one. Not, there's yeah. that one shot in like a he's in an ether madness and he yeah and he sees like someone cutting something. But so Boris, well, so uh, the the movie starts mm-hmm. with the title card London 1840 mm-hmm. before the invention or sorry before the discovery of anesthesia. Yes. So you know it's going to be wild Immediately, right off the top. Yikes. Immediate <laughs> yeah. yikes. Uh, like bef- <laughs> any movie that starts with the title card before the discovery of <laughs> anesthesia, it's like, oh, what is this going to be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so, so yeah, the, I feel like the IMDb summary was pretty good. He's a, he's a doctor. He's a very well-respected doctor and he's, he is obsessed with finding, something to help his patients. He's a surgeon. And at the time, and I think this is true, at the time, the goal was to, if you had to do an amputation or do any kind of cutting, was to do it as quickly as possible because the patient was just awake and could feel everything. Right. So this doctor, Dr. Bolton, is obsessed with finding a way to put his patients to sleep or to have them not feel any pain. Right. Pain and the knife are inseparable is the thing they keep saying. Yes. And it's very clearly weighing on him and it keeps him up at night and, you know, people are telling him he's crazy and that this is just the way it is and how it's always going to be. Right. Um... So he starts to experiment on himself right, with different concoctions. Yeah. First, it's uh, essentially nitrous oxide. Right. And he goes into a laughing fit and, like, crashes around his lab at yeah. home and then realizes he's cut his hand and he didn't feel anything. Yeah. So he's like, I've done it. And he tries it out on a patient and they sort of pass out for a second and then wake up and wreak havoc. Right. Yeah, that he's guy just cutting like his arm. Punches everybody in the operating theater, <laughs> yeah. all these old like British white men going like, Oh well, I never and yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh so then he moves on to opium. Yeah, just a huge bottle of opium. Yeah. Like, <laughs> liquid opium. It's just boiling he, it and inhaling the fumes. And then there's also this other not subplot, but kind of intertwined no, parallel, yeah. plot of, uh, I can't tell if it's actually like a brothel or if it's just like a seedy hotel. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's both. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're trying to make money on the side by basically they kill their tenants. Right. And then sell them to the hospital as cadavers. Right. But they, in order to do that, they need a proper death certificate. So first they trick him into signing one and then they blackmail him and that, you know, and it becomes this whole thing. And one of them is black Ben and one of them is resurrection Joe. Resurrection Joe is played by Christopher (laughs) Lee. Yes. In this very cool outfit. Like young Christopher Lee in like a huge top hat, looking like weird and like scars on his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. So that's the. Those are the two like parallel plots. It is. 
kind of like packaged and in all the posters that I saw and the title and even the way it's shot and everything, like mm-hmm. it's packaged like a horror movie. Right. But it's not really. It's no. like about a scientist, um, sorry, doctor, who's like, you know, experimenting on himself. And in a, in a normal horror movie, he would become the monster or whatever. Right. And I kind of thought that's where it was going. I've seen this movie before. I watched it when we got the box set. Mm-hmm. And I um, remembered that it was like weirdly unsatisfying, but also interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it is. Yeah. Boris Karloff, by the way, who I, you know, haven't seen in a ton of things. Like, obviously, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Right. But then not a ton else. Like, he's really good in this. He's great. He's, like, really good. Yeah. And I, this has the real feeling of, like, a B movie mm-hmm. that was made for no money. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kills it. Like, he goes all, goes for it. Yeah. You know what he, I mean? He's kind of incredible. Yeah. And I think the... There's, like, so much... The, I, the movie's weird and unsatisfying, and I'm going to put mm-hmm. that out there. Yeah. Like, it's, like... But here's what it has going for it. Let's hear it. 87 minutes. <laughs> we love to hear it. We love to see it. The perfect length. Okay. The perfect length for a movie. Because when it's over, you're like, well, I mean, what's really lost here? 87 minutes. Um, <laughs> Boris Karloff is great. The look of that pub is, to me, incredible. Like, they do such a good job with, like, oh, the little scamps running around stealing stuff and the dances and the jigs and the look of the street outside Mm -hmm. where, like, we kept joking about, like, the little boy with the hoop and stick running by. (laughs) And uh, that stuff looks incredible. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and the surgery stuff is, like, I wish they could show more and I wish they did more to, like, make it, um kind of like yeah, clearly they were trying to get around some censorship stuff yeah and there's there's one shot though in one of his like fever dreams of a cut a, being made yeah, yeah of like a incision being made exactly yeah. and it's like oh that's that's pretty cool <laughs> that's pretty badass um but so i i love the look and feel of the thing i love the length of it i love boris karloff in it mm-hmm. it doesn't gel in like the best way no it's this weird thing my like my overall impression of this of this movie was like i'm not gonna say that i was like not looking forward to watching it but i don't know that i was like excited to watch it necessarily i think it's okay to say you were not looking forward well, no, to no, watching no, it no but what I, the, but that's what i'm trying to say okay. is that i wasn't like oh my god like that yeah. wasn't what was going on but I was just kind of like, mm, what is this going to be? You know, because yeah. for me personally, the old ones are real hit or miss. <laughs> yeah, sure. I They're get real that. real hit or miss. I get that. Um, but weirdly, this one was in the middle for me where it was yeah. like, it wasn't a complete miss. It, I wasn't bored. Right. But I also don't know what it was. Yes. I, I, but, but also, Boris's acting is so incredible. Yeah. I would say watch it just for that. Yeah. Um, he's really he's really doing something. That sounds so stupid, but he really is. Like, he's just... Right. It was really interesting to see, um, especially from an older film, where right. it's just, like, acting styles were different. Everyone else in that movie is, is acting like they're in a movie from 1958, and he's just acting, which... Again, it sounds so stupid. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, so it's it's I I would almost recommend it on that alone. Yeah. But then also you've got like you said, it's it you know, it's not a horror film. It's not you want it you want there to be not even a twist but some kind of like blah moment and yeah. there isn't really it's made like a horror movie though it's made like it's it's you keep expect like the doctor's terrible experiment mm-hmm. you mean you keep expecting him to turn into the monster yeah and or to be like oh i did my own drugs and then i went out and killed a bunch of people and i don't remember or right. something like right, that right right and it none of that happens he just gets involved with some bad people yeah who then, because of his addiction, right? Who then get like he has to kind of combat and have like a terrible encounter with. Mm-hmm. Not unlike our next movie. I was just gonna say <laughs> the connection yeah. is that they're both about addiction, which right. I didn't kind of think of until right. the end of watching Pineapple Express. I was like, holy shit! You know what this reminded me of, though? What? Which I'm gonna say to you. Please, I mean... One of my favorite things that we used to do uh-huh. was get in bed. Oh, hey now. Not going where you might think it's going. <laughs> get in bed and watch Alfred Hitchcock Presents. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty crazy here. Um, yeah, we had a real run of like... Yeah. Every night getting into bed and watching some Hitchcock. Right. And this felt like... Alfred Hitchcock presents to me because it doesn't quite make sense. It's not like the Twilight Zone where ever where so many episodes are like these beautiful Swiss watches of like drama and story and concept and premise and like all this stuff mm-hmm. coming together. Like the Twilight Zone, you're like, oh my god, oh what a beautiful thing. Right. Alfred Hitchcock presents is like every episode is like. What, what was that? Yeah. What was the twist? Like, the guy was like, and I have a knife. You know, and you're like, okay. And that's what this felt like. It felt like a like a kind of interesting experiment yeah. that was thrown at the wall. It felt so much like an Alfred Hitchcock Presents to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that show. I love the imperfectness of Alfred Hitchcock, if Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Like, I'd almost rather watch that than Twilight Zone, even though I love both those shows. Yeah. Um... And that's what this movie reminded me of, and it brought me back to watching Halford Hitchcock Presents with you, my lovely bride, who I love very much. And so in that way, I had a very nice time watching it. <laughs> so I'm just putting that out there. Okay. Uh, so I guess if you want to get rid of it. Uh, <laughs> we're, not, we're not there yet. We're not uh, there yet. Cool, I, you know, cool no it. big deal. Cool it. Um. I wrote down that Christopher Lee is serving Babadook realness. Oh my god, he is! He's, he's, I mean, he doesn't have much to do in this movie besides just look scary, but he looks pretty incredible. Yeah. Christopher Lee in yeah. this movie. Um, I wrote down, it's a different kind of monster. The monster of addiction. <laughs> so, that's great. Well, it is kind of interesting how this, this again, 1958 film is treating... Addiction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, uh, it's, it's not pretending that being addicted to opium is a good thing. No, it's not like euphoria (laughs) or something where he like goes out and has like amazing times and then it's like, oh, but it's actually bad. It's it's all, all bad. All bad. But also there's like a gentleness with which the doctor is treated, like the character of the doctor is treated in general. That is very interesting to me. Yeah. Um, He's the hero. He's a hero right. who falls into addiction. Right. That's nice. And and 
and there is no he's a monster. <gasps> you know what I mean? Wow. Which I think is like the real of, monster's addiction. <laughs> no, like that's like if we just keep saying that, does that make this a good podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Look, hey. Nothing makes this a good podcast. All right? Oh no! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, but that, that's really interesting. I think. Uh, I think it really genuinely is. Like I was being facetious. Yeah. But I think it genuinely is interesting that the movie does not make him into a monster. And what you're saying that the movie has such like empathy for him mm-hmm. and for addicts everywhere, maybe. Yeah, and I wonder if that's like again uh, part of his his uh, his portrayal of this character. Like, there's a real. There's a there's even a real moment of he he's at his he's at his lowest point and he's like cooking opium yeah in this brothel pub place right and he goes to inhale it and and then knocks it on the ground like what am I doing yeah exactly um and it's just he's just so good he's really good <laughs> I mean you know we're talking about this sorry I'm just like we're talking about this but like. This guy, Boris Karloff, like, he played Frankenstein, and and that... Frankenstein's monster. I was going to say, I was like, wait a minute. He played the monster. Frankenstein's monster. He played Frankenstein's monster. Um, And that monster is, like, the uh, prototypical, like, er example of... I have empathy for this, like inhuman murderous creature you know what i mean yeah and just like he's like i mean i don't know you know i haven't seen that many boris karloff movies besides like the frankensteins and the mummy and whatever um but just like someone who was so good at give uh, bringing empathy to the roles of someone who in another movie would be just like a one-dimensional monster yeah 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 yeah. huge karloff karloff heads (laughs) karloff heads uh, love it. Love it. Um, uh, I want to shout out to Buxton Orr who did the score. The score, like the title and the poster and everything is like amping it up to be a horror movie <laughs> at all times. It truly is. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I thought I also just liked the, like, over the top score. Yeah. All right. Is it available? It's available on Amazon Prime. Oh. Well, there you, you can go. watch it on Prime right now. I love if that. If you want, if you're a, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, that's interesting because I, I like I wouldn't think that it that this weird B movie would. There's a lot of weird. I mean, I I don't know the details of this, but I bet this is like not public domain, but a pretty cheap mm, acquisition. Yeah, because it's not like the Criterion edition of it is on Amazon Prime. That you right. Can watch the Criterion transfer or whatever. It's like. It's like, you know, you know, those, those DVD box sets I've bought that are like, here's 50 zombie movies. Yeah. And they're like the worst transfers you've ever seen. <laughs> and they are movies you've never heard of. But, yeah. and I think this falls into that weird legal zone. So it's probably like, you know, it's probably just snatched up at some point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's on Prime. <laughs> but this is a, we haven't talked about it. it's a Criterion disc. Yes, it is. That box set has great artwork, mm-hmm. which is done by Darwin Cook, who's this like legendary, the late Darwin Cook, who's this legendary comic book artist who I'm obsessed with. But like, so it's like a very cool package. Great. Like, physical media wise. Great. Great. Okay. <laughs> hey, 
What's the connection? Well, I thought this was going to be a tough one. Yeah. But we've got Christopher Lee in Corridors of Blood, and he's prolific. Chrissy Lee. Chrissy Chrissy Lee, we call him. We've always (laughs) called him that, and we continue to to this day. So Christopher Lee and Connie Sawyer. Connie Sawyer plays James Franco's grandmother in Pineapple Express. So we went... Christopher Lee is very young in Quarters of Blood, and this woman is very old in Pineapple Express, so that's how we got there. That's how we got there. (laughs) They were in a movie from 1984 together called The Rosebud Beach Hotel. Okay. Which is a comedy, it looks like a screwball comedy starting Peter Scolari, who I think is from Bosom Buddies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Christopher Lee, uh, Fran Drescher. I've never seen this movie. I've never heard of this movie. Okay. So there's that. Okay. The other connection. More than one. Christopher Lee was with Ed Begley Jr. Ed Begley Jr.'s in Pineapple Express. Mm-hmm. Plays Seth Rogen's girlfriend's father. Yeah, 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 yeah. Says. Very funny. Fun, very funny. Very funny. <laughs> Ed Begley Jr. always funny too. Yeah. Anyway, um, he they were in a movie in the 90s called Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, with Uma Thurman. So, two solid connections between that. Corridors of Blood from 1958 and Pineapple Express from 2008. Incredible. It's the segment America loves. They can't get enough. They have what's the connection fever. <laughs> they truly do. Yes. Okay, movie number two, Pineapple Express from 2008, directed by David Gordon Green. Our IMDb summary is... A process server and his marijuana dealer wind up on the run from hitmen and a corrupt police officer after he witnesses his dealer's boss murder a competitor while trying to serve papers on him. Sure. Yes. Yep. That is it. That. Yep. Sure. Nailed it. Um, Pineapple Express. You've seen it. You know it. <laughs> know it. Know it. Um, um, I remember... Thinking this movie was Hilarity Bones mm-hmm. when I saw it the first time. The official review, Hilarity Bones. Hilarity Bones. Um, but what that meant was that going into this viewing, I was like, oh, this is not going to be funny at all, is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was definitely not hilarity bones for me anyway. Sure. Um, I don't, I didn't don't, rise to the level of hilarity bones. No, I just, I just remember seeing it the first time and go like, like, listen, I'm not a huge pot smoker. Right. I was going to say, let's talk about the weed. <laughs> let's talk about the weed. The weed. Um, I uh, I have nothing against it except that I I'm I have trouble grasping the concept of inhaling something other than air into your lungs but peace and blessings to you right. I like great um you're a nerd I'm a saying. nerd I'm a fucking nerd is what I'm saying <laughs> um but that being said I remember watching it the first time and thinking it was hysterical yeah 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 um, it's not just for potheads, you guys. Um, but yeah, I just didn't, didn't, I don't know. There's, there's some stuff that's like 
kind of out of date. There's sure. We've got some problematic faves going on in here. Yeah. Oh, I meant to look up what he did. Well, right. Exactly. <laughs> because I was, because like, I was like, oh, we should talk about that. But I know. I, I, I meant to look it up, too, but I, I honestly didn't have, like, the emotional uh, That's strength fine. to do it. Because Franco has been accused of of various things. And then more recently, Seth Rogen was accused of, like, enabling him. Oh, okay. And then I don't know what happened with that. I don't know if that just, like, fell off, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and And also, there's something to be said about, like, what does that mean? What do you mean by, like, you enabled him? Does it... Does right, it, was it an act of enabling? Or exactly, was it just, like, the exactly. way in which all powerful people and white men enable right, awful all things of them, right. all the time. Not letting anyone off the hook I'm for anything. I'm currently enabling but, so many terrible things. <laughs> right. But, uh, but I do want to acknowledge that, like, we are aware that there are rumors about these men and... Right. And I think James Franco, it's more than rumors. I think he's been yeah. incredibly accused of, like, yes. trying to sleep with underage women, I yeah. think, is, like, the thing. Okay. Uh, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but, like, I'm pretty sure that's it. I should have looked it up beforehand. Yeah. Allegedly, who knows, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't... It's not that I don't care. I do care. Right. It's that I... I it's not it's not really like impacting how I look at Pineapple Express. Yeah. For me personally. Sure. Um, um so yeah, so so you've got that going on for it. You've got you do have that going on. <laughs> you really do. Like the minute he shows up, it's like, oh yeah, why hasn't James Franco been in anything lately? It's like, oh, oh yeah. Because yeah, 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 yeah. you fucked up. Um there's also I'm so sorry. I'm gonna cut you off. It's also weird, I was thinking about this a lot. The James Franco shit is weird in light of this movie specifically. Uh-huh. Because there's the whole thing with Seth Rogen is that he's dating a high school girl. That's, That's literally his, what I was just oh, about I'm sorry. to say. I'm no, sorry. don't be sorry. I was literally about to say there's also a real fucking weird storyline where Seth Rogen is dating a high school student. Right. And in the middle of it, I went and looked up how old Amber Heard was when they shot this, and she's 22, but like. Well, it doesn't matter how old the. I mean, I know. it matters in that. I know, but it. But that's what I'm saying is that it was so creepy. Yeah. And she looks so young. She does. That I was like, let me just check and make sure this bitch was not only 18. <laughs> right. Was right. not barely legal. Okay. Right. right. Um. And it's just this really strange storyline, and the 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 lesson of the storyline is that like, like. So, so the whole thing is that Seth Rogen's character is super immature and that's why he's dating a high school student. And right. then there's this moment later where like he breaks up with her, but then he calls her back and he's like, he's had like a, I don't know, a, a life and death moment or something. And he's like, I want you back, blah, blah, blah. And she's crying and he's crying. And she says something like, I could see myself marrying you. And then he goes, Oh no. Yeah. never mind. Marriage. What? And then what he says is. If you are willing to take me back, then you are not as mature as you think you are. Right. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, (laughs) that just made me so angry for some reason. Like, just putting all of this on her, on, like, like, let's, let's say these are actual people. Like, get it. It's a movie. It's not real. I get it. It's not a documentary. Not a documentary. No, I know what you mean. But this thing where it's like, we're going to put all of the onus on the 18-year-old girl. Like, no. Fuck off. Right. Exactly. That's not what. I hated it. It was not. 
it was not funny. It was never like, there was never really any like, yo, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Right. It was and, very and strange. It was very strange. And it's funny because I was recently rewatching uh, Scott Pilgrim for the billionth time because it's like possibly my favorite movie. <gasps> I know. It wow. might have the number one spot. Anyway, um, it'll come up. We'll talk about it. But uh, and there's a whole storyline in there where Scott Pilgrim is dating a high school girl. Yeah. But the whole time, and he's younger, and he's not necessarily a fuck up. He just is weird. Anyway, the whole time he's dating her, it, literally everyone is like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. What is this? Yeah. This is stupid. And none of that happens in Pineapple Express. No. No. It's, like, meant to be a funny, I think, like, edgy, but funny. Yeah. Charming detail. Like, sure. n- like charming in that, like, roguish Seth Rogen... Seth Roguish. Seth, Seth Roguish way. Seth, like, it, like, oh, kind of like charming fuck up kind of way. Yeah. Um, it's not a thing that you would do today. No. And I don't mean that in the, like, in the, like, times have changed and you can't say anything, cancel culture, whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, we have evolved past this being, like, an entertaining thing. Yeah. I think they, I'm sure they... I don't care what they did. Anyway, I'm not going to say that. Yes. No, I see what you're saying. It's like, it, you're right. It it's would not, weird. it it's would weird. not be done today. And it's weird. And it's that weird middle Definitely ground where it's like, weird. yeah, it's that weird middle ground though, where it's like, well, it's not immediately like, are you fucking kidding me? But it's also like, yeah, you wouldn't do that today. This doesn't work. This isn't funny in any way today. Yeah. So why is it in this like, comedy well and i think the proximity to james franco is like yeah makes it inescapable as a piece in this movie and as a piece of the movie and it's just such a weird thing and it has not aged well and it shouldn't have been great at the time no and i think but i think you're right if someone if there were more people in the movie going like hey this is fucking stupid idiot um it would play more as a comment Mm -hmm. and it doesn't as a comment on his character and on his like fuck up itness. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't quite play that way enough. Yeah. To like, it doesn't quite get away from like, it's kind of cool. Right, bro. Right. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. Um, enough. um, yeah. There's also, uh, an entire po- plot line where the, the bad guys yeah, are just bad. quote, the Asians. Yeah. That's bad. Oh, and they all like are, you know, Speaking English, but with an accent, it's it's well, yeah, and bad. Ken Jeong yes. is in there like doing a full like, yeah, uh, kind of, not blaming him, but just like yeah. doing a doing a. Pretty well, you can't blame him. That's the role that he can get. Exactly. You know, like I, that's, that's just exactly like exactly why I would not blame him. Oh, it's just it. it bleh, bleh. <laughs> I hate it. Right. It's a shame because there's stuff to like in the movie, but it's mm-hmm. like. It is, you do have to like look past a lot of this kind of stuff that's just kind of like. <sighs> right, yeah. Um, it, and, and it just, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't hold up because of all those things. The other note that I have, I was like, so did this just take like fucking forever to shoot? Because they're definitely actually high. Oh, like, yeah, like I'm just trying to picture these shooting days of fucking James Franco and Seth Rogen 
high off their asses. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just being like, okay, go. Because some of it is that. Obviously, it's scripted. But some of it is literally just the two of them just go. And it's, like, sort of funny. It's not. I don't (laughs) think it's as funny as they think it is. Um, But it it sort of works. The two of them, I do think, like, work pretty well off of each other. Yeah. And also, I think the concept of the movie is pretty funny. Like, you know? Um, Because there's this whole juxtaposition of the 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 oh god he played the dad in the Brady Bunch movies I don't Gary know his Cole. name thank you Gary Cole and Rosie Perez uh, who plays the corrupt police officer yeah. and and the Asians and that whole thing and all of them taking it very seriously like they're they're in a different film than right. Seth Rogen and James Franco are in and Danny McBride and it's just yeah. like and then you've got this beautiful bridge of the two men whose names I don't know. Who oh, are like Kevin the, Corrigan and and uh, uh, Craig Robinson. There we go. I was like Craig. Anyway, they're like the the muscle. They're Gary yeah. Cole is the is the boss, the boss, head honcho, the, yeah, the the drug kingpin. Yeah. Kevin Corrigan and Craig Robinson are his henchmen hunting James Franco and Seth Rogen. Yes, yeah, so they're exactly. like this this bridge between yeah. the two, um, and it's it's that part of it is funny. This yeah. juxtaposition of them taking it super seriously and Seth Rogen and James Franco bumbling about. Yeah. Um, but uh, so there's you know there's stuff and there was definitely stuff, I don't remember what it was because I didn't write it down. But there was something that I like laughed really hard at. Do you yeah. remember what it was? No. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> Good story. No, I mean, I'm going to talk a little, like, so all that said, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I like about the movie. Please. David Gordon Green, who I had known primarily as, like, this independent filmmaker. He made George Washington in this movie, All the Real Girls, that, I, you know, we in college we were all just like, oh, David Gordon Green. Mm-hmm. He's the best. Then transitioning into, like, this crazy kind of, like, road comedy kind of thing. I guess it's not a road movie, but it feels like a road movie, weirdly. Um, that's very, like, Midnight Run or whatever, like, just these, like, two people who are on the run, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he... I, I like kind of that, this, like... It's, like, a lazy style to it. And I don't mean lazy, like, lazy filmmaking. I mean, like, it feels, like, chill yeah. and lazy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you're chill, you're chill the whole time. Yeah. I also love the... the um, sort of juxtaposition of that style with like the insane violence yeah that it happens like there's a fight scene with the guys and Danny McBride <laughs> oh my god it's so that just good. takes for fucking ever in such a funny way yeah that scene is so funny to me like the, the it's really good it's just them fighting like knock down drag out just like a fight between three people who do not know how to fight yeah in a room where they're just like you know and the choreo- choreography is really fun yeah they're just breaking shit and whatever yeah and there's a lot of that, like, kind of insane violence throughout, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. Like, Seth Rogen getting shot in the ear, and then he's just, like, trying to put his ear back together. <laughs> oh, God. And stuff. It's just, like, that shit is just so funny and fun. I don't know why. I also really, like, this is the first time I remember seeing Danny McBride. Yeah. Who is one of my favorites. Like, yeah. I just love Danny McBride. I think everything he does is so funny. Yeah. And... This is also such a different... It's weird that the first time I remember seeing him was like a very different kind of thing for him. Mm -hmm. It does not feel like he's bound and down. It feels like a fully different character who's like weird and like... 
I don't really even know how to describe him. He's like gentle in a, in a weird way. And like, his, you know, t- he's like t- wearing a kimono and stuff in like a fun, I don't know. I love Danny McBride in this movie. I think he's like a weird, like if this movie didn't have Danny McBride, it would, who feels like a weird, like X factor that is thrown in of like a thing mm-hmm. you haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, you would be like, okay, I get it. And then with Danny McBride, it's like, Oh, weird, man. Yeah. Weird. And he, Danny McBride, I've said Danny McBride so much it's lost meaning, <laughs> was like David Gordon Green's friend from college. Mm-hmm. They went to like art school, like film school, whatever, in North Carolina together. Mm-hmm. And he's in those other movies, those like independent films, you know, as just like the friend with like two lines or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he like came along for this big movie. Yeah. And it's just like very funny and crazy. And then like he did... His own movie, and yeah. he's bounded down and stuff, and he's done his own thing. But, like, I think he's such a fun element of this movie. Yeah, he's totally great. I will I will kind of agree that it doesn't, like, super hold up, the movie. I, like, <laughs> wanted... I did not have... I was, like... It's also, like... It, it ain't 87 minutes. It's not. It's it long. It feels long. It feels long. It feels like it could be about a half hour shorter for yeah. what it is. For, like, a fun weed violence movie. Yeah. Uh... It feels, it didn't, uh, I like a lot of things about it, but there's enough, it just didn't quite do it for me this time. Yeah. This, on this view, Pineapple Express. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah, there's just a lot of, like, bad, like, caricatures of people. You've got the, like, fat black woman cop who's Mm, like, oh, no, you didn't. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rosie Perez, who, it's not, again, not as bad as it could be. Right. But it's not good. Yeah. Why does this feel like a bummer? Why does this feel like a bummer to talk about? I like. I feel think like it this feels like a bummer. Fun. Well, it feels like a bummer, I think, because because your memory of it is that it was like so funny. Oh, my God, it's so funny. And it's just a very clear. It's it's one of those things where it's like a very clear indication of how things have changed and how we have evolved as people. Sure. But also it's because it's not like blatantly awful. Right. It's, it's this weird middle zone of like, okay. It's still funny enough. Right. And you're still you're like, like okay. okay, but, but no. And I think, I think the thing for me is that like the stuff that doesn't work, the stuff that like shouldn't have worked at the time mm-hmm. and the stuff that doesn't work now and whatever is a bummer because there's there's enough in here that do, that is fun and does work. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it, like, colors the rest of it. That right. It, the, the, the bad stuff color... The bad, I don't mean to be, like, bad. But, like, the stuff that doesn't work colors the rest of the stuff. And, obviously, James Franco covered, colors the whole thing. Right. And there's and it feels like there, there are a few tweaks that could be made and could have been made even in that time. And it still would have been... Uh, in your face, crazy, gross, funny. Yeah. But not, but it would have aged well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a weird bummer. Yeah, it is a weird (laughs) bummer. Also because I, also like, I like Seth Rogen a lot. I I do too. I, you know. I love, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I like Danny McBride. I like uh, Craig Robinson. Like, I like all of these people so much. And I, and I, 
uh, it makes me sad that they're in a film that's like, oh no. (laughs) And like, I don't want to be a fucking, like, I don't like any movie that makes me feel like a school marm or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like not, nothing against school marms. Hey marms, if you're listening. Our big marm contingent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The marms, um, they get a bad rap, school marms. They're just doing their best. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta wrap this up. This bit? Yeah, this bit. You gotta wrap up the bit. Never. Flashing flashing red light at you. I did really like the diner scene at the end where they just say <laughs> all the things that happen in the movie and yeah. like 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 joyfully recount. Like remember when that happened? That was so funny. And like yeah. like it's a, that's the joke of the scene and it is so it works it's so well. Really good. And it's yeah. so funny to me. Yeah. And they're like they're also like that that thing which is such a like Judd Apatow kind of thing of of like that bromance mm-hmm. stuff where they're just like three dudes. And they just, like, love each other, and they had such a good time, and we're going to be friends after this and stuff. (laughs) And they explicitly, like, say all that. It, like, reminded me of, like, the, you know, the Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah stuff in Superbad and, like, all that stuff. So, just dudes being friends. Guys being dudes. (laughs) Anyway, Pineapple Express, sorry that was a weird bummer of a conversation. It was fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is it available streaming? Not Available streaming. Not available. You know what we didn't talk about? What? Has a five plus minute gag reel. <gasps> That's right. It has a gag reel. The, Not great. The gag reel was also weird. Yeah. The gag reel was also a lot of people like touching people inappropriately without consent. Which like, I don't know. If you have one, like there was like, the one was like, there's a scene where Seth Rogen is in his underwear because obviously, and he's like carrying James Franco out. And, and the one was like James Franco pretending to tickle his balls. Right. And then he actually touched them. Right. And that's the joke. And it's like, yeah, you, you get one. That's, well, those two guys, they were stupid. clearly like in on it and right. they were having that's a good time. Stupid. But there's like a whole thing with Rosie Perez. Right. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. The, it it <laughs> no. really like exemplified the, like, you think this is charming. Right. I would, Never put this out, but you put it as a DVD extra, like a couple, right. a couple the of people those, are gonna love this. A couple of those moments, yeah. So. And like, it should have been funnier. You shot a whole fucking movie high as fuck, and that's what you got. Yeah, right. Um, there is some good uh, Ed Bigley Jr. Uh, cracking on lines, which is which is really great because his whole. There we go. There's a good thing. That's the that scene, that whole scene with the family, yeah. I think is really funny. Yeah. And he's killing it. And clearly part of the joke is just this like kind of, you know, straight laced looking white man just saying the most ridiculous shit. Um, and it works really well, I think. And mm-hmm. he does a great job. So He does. Yeah. I love him. Alrighty. We got there. We got there. Um, Should we do the point system? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. This is the Joe Garden Memorial point system. It sure is. First, we rate each movie on a scale between 1 and 20. Okay. I'm going to give Corridors of Blood a 12. Okay. I'm going to give Pineapple Express a 12. Wow. Okay. The same. Yes. Okay. The same. Oh, 
out of 20. I feel like we should, it should be out of 10. I don't know why it's out of 20. I love, I love 20. I think it's fun. I think it, it <laughs> okay. adds a little spice I, to the mix. I feel like after 10, I'm, I, I lose, I lose the meaning. But it's not after 10. 10 is the five in the 10. <laughs> you get well, me? Then, then let's just do 10. No, let's do 20 and 10 can be the five. <laughs> okay. We cracked it. Um... Remember, then I, 10 then, is the 5. 10 is the 5. So then I give Pineapple Express a 10. Great. And I give Corridors of Blood. I'm going to say a 15. Wow. I love that. A 15. for Mostly for Boris. Boris. Yeah. This one's, hey, this one's for Boris. This one's for you. Um... Add or subtract points based on these criteria. Criterion Collection. Corridors of Blood gets one point. Yes. Is it part of a series you own others of? Plus two points. No. No. Is it part of a box set? Corridors of Blood is part of a box set. Plus five points. Whoa. Lady Director. No. Nah, bro. That would be plus eight points, but no. Is it available streaming? Minus one point for every platform it's available on. So minus, minus one, one for, for corridors. corridors. Has the director been canceled? No. No. David Gordon Green, still the best. And Robert Day seemed very nice on the DVD extras we watched. Right. Now do we... But Franco has been canceled. He didn't direct it. He didn't direct it. All right. Does this start James Woods or John Voight? No, it does not. That would be minus six points. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia points. This was in, from Anna. Oh, yeah. I give Quarters of Blood zero nostalgia points. Mm-hmm. And Pineapple Express one nostalgia point. What do you give it? Yeah, I, I, I would... Relink, I would give it one nostalgia point because, like I said, I remember it being super funny. Now, here's the real X Factor. Gag reel points. This is your rule. I know. Five points for a gag rule, seven points for a good gag reel. Did I say gag rule? You did. <laughs> five points for a gag reel, seven points for a good gag reel. So it gets five points. Yeah. What do we got? What's the points? What What did you give these two movies? So the points then work out to, I have given Corridors of Blood 20. Okay. And Pineapple Express 16. Okay. And you have given Quarters of Blood 17 and Pineapple Express 18. Weird. Because I don't don't want to keep Pineapple Express <laughs> of the two. I mean, like... Yeah, um, we're, we're, I, think, uh, I think this decision is pretty clear. R.I.P. Yeah. Pineapple Express. Yeah, peace out. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I definitely thought when we picked these two, I was like, oh... Corridors of Blood will be a little bit of a chore. Mm-hmm. Pineapple Express will be really fun. Yeah. And it kind of went the other way. It did. A little bit. Yeah. Even though, like, I don't... That's weird. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Pineapple Express. Yes, uh, thank you so much. We ex- we uh, respect what you were trying to do. Um, unfortunately, you know, it just didn't... Uh, didn't work out this time. It didn't pan out for you. <laughs> All right, should we pick this next matchup? Let's do it. Hey Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between one and one thousand three hundred twenty-one. A random number between one and one thousand three hundred twenty-one is twenty-six. 
26. Let's see. From 2006, A History of Violence. Ooh, okay. 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 I weirdly remember really liking that movie. Yeah, I know that you love it. I also love it, but I think that I remember being like, Liza loves this? All right, all right. Hey, maybe I could marry this girl. Oh, God. Get out of here. Um, All right, let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Uh Uh-huh. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 749. 749. From 1986, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors, Little Shop. That's exciting. I haven't seen that in a long time, but we've listened to the soundtrack a lot. Um, You know what's funny? I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched uh, the movie of Little Shop. Wow. I know. Well, interesting. Here we go. Here we go. History of Violence versus Little Shop of Horrors. Wow. It's finally happening. <laughs> the matchup everyone has been craving. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's good. It's a real... Uh, divisive episode like i feel like there's not a lot of uh cross audiences for history of violence and little shop of horrors they're both uh hor- horrifically violent movies so um sure great love it well i can't wait and I hope you can't wait either. Y'all, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta, we got the Twitter, we got the Gmail, we got the Whirl, what, Quayab. And I hope that you get your second COVID shot and don't experience any uh, side effects because everyone should get a shot if they can. And... Even if you experience side effects, that's okay. It's worth it. Worth it. Exactly. Let's end this thing, motherfuckers. Well, if you get side effects, that means that you're not pure of heart, right? That's what we've decided. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have an imperfection in your soul that Mm -hmm. can never be healed. Yeah, yeah. So sorry about that. Did I ruin it? (laughs) But worth it. Worth it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Come back next week and see who survives. DVD Deathmatch. Doofus, man. I love you too, but we gotta record. The people need to know what we think about pineapple glue. <laughs> Penny get kickable. Oh no! Oh, she's on the struggle bus, folks. <laughs>